0: to chapter four of The Lure of a Traitor. That was amazing! Slag laid in a happy heap on Natalie's bed. Her plump belly turned towards the ceiling. What was it called again? (laughs) Bluegill, Natalie responded as she washed the bowl the little dragon had eaten out of. And I'm glad you liked it. She genuinely was. Natalie had feared that the lower-quality fish wouldn't be appealing, especially since she'd purchased the odds and ends that the butcher typically sold for soup stock. Slag had eaten every single speck of it. Natalie had also concealed both a wormer and a vitamin booster within the meal by running it through her blender. The curious lizard had asked what they were, and she'd told her spices. A little white line never hurt, right? It was tasty. Slag flopped and rolled lazily in her freshly formed nest of blankets. Can I have some more? I've got enough left for breakfast tomorrow. Natalie thought about the half-full bucket of fish bits in her refrigerator. But I did pick up some prawns for a late-night snack. Prawns? The little creature looked excited. What are those? Natalie dried her hands and pulled out the package for her to see. Slag's eyes lit up with desire and her black forked tongue darted out hungrily. Natalie laughed and put the sea bugs back in the refrigerator. They're for later, Slag. Let your dinner digest first. Too much good food at once might seriously wreck your gut. Ha! Ah, Those hot dogs seriously wrecked my gut. Slag hopped from the bed onto the counter. The mess I left in the alley sent the rats running for their lives. That's not good. Natalie gingerly looked the creature over. Her potion had done wonders, but there were still several open wounds that seemed to be healing slower than the rest. How are you feeling now? Pretty good, honestly. Slag sat as Natalie bent to examine one of the cuts. The biggest one did, those. Used a dark colored blade. It really hurt. Dark colored? Natalie stood and grabbed a small bottle of crystal-clear liquid from her cabinet. "'Sounds like a poison blade. We need to clean those out.' "'What is that?' the dragon inspected the bottle after she set it aside to stop up the sink. "'It's holy water,' Natalie stated, testing the water's temperature. "'It's good for a lot more than just hunting demons.' "'Will it hurt?' Slag curled her tail around herself in discomfort. A little, but nothing like last night. Actually, Natalie turned off the water, you might find this interesting. Hold your right front leg out over the sink. The little dragon did as she asked, and Natalie picked up the bottle, squeezing the rubber top of its lid to fill the dropper inside. She carefully placed two drops into the small cut. Slag growled against the sting, her mesmerized eyes glued to the sight before her. As the holy water settled into the wound, black ether oozed from it like slime, settling into the bottom of the sink beneath the water. Ew, but also kind of cool. Do it again! The little dragon eagerly raised another injured limb, and Natalie laughed. Once all of Slag's cuts were treated, Natalie placed a few drops of purifying water into the sink. "'converting the rest of the water into the same holy status. "'As the ratio of white magic now outweighed the black, "'the ether in the bottom of the basin vanished. "'She pulled the plug and began refilling the sink once more. "'Now what?' Slag watched with great interest. "'Now you get a bath!' "'Natalie snatched the creature as it tried to escape. "'You smell like a dumpster!' "'I like the way I smell!' Slag cried out as Natalie stuffed her into the sink, spraying her down with a faucet's hose attachment. Someone help! I'm being violated! Oh, stop! Natalie giggled, gently rubbing a moisturizing scale wash she'd picked up into the creature's hide. You have a fungus under your scales, Slag. I know that can't be comfortable, and this'll help. What's a fungus? The little dragon stopped struggling and looked at her, terrified. Will it kill me? No, Natalie admitted as she continued to gently scrub the no longer struggling dragon. Not on its own anyway, but it's the reason your scales are shedding in strange patches. If your scales are weak, it's easier for you to get sick. Hey, is this stuff supposed to tingle? Slag asked, much calmer now. It's supposed to be relaxing. Natalie glanced up at the bottle. Do you feel relaxed? I feel wet. The lizard glared at her in annoyance. Natalie giggled. Close your eyes so I can wash your face. Slag obeyed her and she set to work, carefully ensuring that every single scale was cleaned before she reached for the spray nozzle. Hold your breath. I'm going to rinse you off now. I'm ready. Slag gently. Slag jumped slightly as the water hit her face, but didn't move otherwise until instructed. She didn't want to admit that this was the best she'd ever felt, or that she was really enjoying herself. Slag had always wanted a human. Her mother had told her about how nice it was to be taken care of. Unfortunately, that desire had gotten Slag into a lot of heartbreaking situations. She'd allowed herself to be used as rodent control for a Chinese restaurant. When the health department came in, the owner had cruelly chased her out with a broom. She'd tried to be the companion of an old lady who always fed the strays at the park, but after she'd crawled into her lap one day, the woman's caretaker had slapped her with a magazine. Slag stopped going to the park after that. She'd been so hungry and eager to be cared for that she'd trusted a young man who'd offered her a piece of bologna. She'd never imagined he'd throw under a plastic sack and beat the piss out of her with his friends. As Natalie wrapped Slag in a big fluffy towel, gently rubbing the moisture from her scaly face, she snuggled into the woman. This place wasn't grand by any means, but it was warm, had clean food and water, and a seemingly decent human. For once in her life, Slag felt safe. She closed her eyes and let Natalie dry her off completely. The woman's caring touch was delightful. You, Natalie giggled as she unwrapped the little dragon from the towel. Look at all those dead scales. Slag opened her eyes and examined the fabric. It was covered in dusty-looking, dull gray ovals. She then looked at the dark-colored water in the sink before giving her entire body a satisfying shake. No wonder the woman thought she stank. She'd been filthy. Do I look different? Slag asked as the woman shook the towel out the bathroom window. Yes, Natalie answered honestly. Your sheen is much brighter now, and your color looks healthier. Cool. Slag began inspecting herself, fascinated by the fact that her wounds were nearly gone already. This woman's magic was strong. Slag had seen witches in action before but she'd never seen one whose magic was potent enough to heal a being this quickly. Slag found the fact that Natalie had very little magic-related items in her house very confusing. She chose not to question it, though, and leapt back onto the bed. No, don't! Natalie lifted Slag out of her blanket nest and set her back on the counter. These only need to be washed. If you crawl back into them, you'll get the fungus all over you again. She watched as Natalie tucked the old sheets into a hamper and dressed the bed with new ones, pulling out a small purple blanket from the bottom of her closet. This one... This one can be all yours. The woman's voice seemed sad as she laid it atop the new quilt. Slag pounced on it, happily rolling around in it until she'd formed a new nest. Natalie watched the small creature with contentment. Once the dragon had disappeared into the folds of fabric... She grabbed her nightclothes and settled in for the evening with the classified section of the newspaper. Slag seemed happy with her. It was time to start looking for a new apartment. Again. Doo doo do, doo do, doo do, doo do, doo do. commercial time. Zack held Emily's hand, listening to the steady beeping of her heart monitor as he examined her withered fingers. It felt like he was holding the hand of a 90-year-old woman with osteoporosis, not his barely 26-year-old baby sister. Andrew tried to fill him in on what had happened, but long story short, the doctors had no clue what was going on. Emily had been hospitalized a little under two weeks ago after fainting at work. Since then, she'd lost over 70 pounds and had needed several blood transfusions. Her organs were simply shutting down, and no one knew why. Describe her to me, Copper. Zack gently ran his thumb over Emily's bony knuckles. Skeletal. Copper couldn't think of a less harsh term. She has ashen skin, thin- thinning hair, and lots of bruises. This has to be magic. Nothing else would progress this quickly. Zack bit his lip, trying not to cry as a wave of guilt crashed into him. I should have been there for her. Zack. Copper nudged his human's jaw with his face. Less pity party and more thinking. What spell would do this? I have no idea. Zack stood, tracing Emily's arm until he found her jaw. But I know someone who might. Who? Copper asked but he already knew the answer. Zack bent down and placed a tender kiss on his sister's forehead before turning to leave. Stefani. Anyone but her, Zack? Copper pleaded in between giving him directions. How many other witches do you know? Zack had a valid point. We'll meet in public. It'll be fine. I'm not going to buy anything off of her. I swear. I made you a promise to get better. "'and I'm going to stick by it. "'But I don't have any other contact that could help us with this.' "'Copper hated that Zack was right. "'Witches typically didn't talk to cops. "'Fine, but if she tries anything, I'm lighting her on fire. "'Sounds good to me.' "'Zack agreed as they stepped out into the cool night air. "'He hailed a taxi home and racked his brain "'for any magical knowledge that would help his sister. "'Nothing came to mind.' but his knowledge was limited to magic materials. He had very little experiences with curses, other than one. Call Stefani. Zack commanded his phone as he stepped into his apartment, setting his keys down in their designated bowl. She answered on the first ring. Long time no fuck, baby. Her voice calmed him instantly. He knew she had enchanted her vocal cords. But that knowledge didn't stop their magic from affecting him. I can be there in 15 minutes. Um... Zach shook his head for clarity. That's... that's not while I'm calling, Steph. I have a question about magic. Oh, really? He could hear the interest in her voice. Yes. Is there a spell that could turn a healthy person into basically a living skeleton? He asked, kicking off his shoes into their space next to the door. Copper, satisfied that the conversation was going in the right direction, took off to check on his hoard. No, she answered confidently. But there is a curse that can drain someone's life force. After infliction, it usually kills the person in about three weeks. Can it be reversed? Zack knew the answer, but he had to ask anyway. "'Zachariah,' Stephanie sounded disappointed in him, "'you of all people should know that curses can only be reversed by their casters. "'I take it someone close to you has gotten into a bit of trouble.' "'My sister,' he said sadly. "'That's too bad.' "'She cranked up the magical powers of her voice, "'and Zach, in his saddened state, fell to them easily. "'How about we do something to take the edge off?' There's a club on Brookwood. Let's go get a few drinks and go dancing. Tomorrow night, 7pm. I'll buy. Okay. Why was he agreeing to this? Oh, and darling, leave that dragon at home. Her voice felt as euphoric as the drugs she dealt. He ruined my favorite dress last time. Okay, I I will. He had his new appointment with Dr. Tory at that time. What was he doing? Why couldn't he say no to her? See you then, stud. Stefani hung up and Zach tossed his phone into the bowl with his keys before heading to the kitchen. Well? Copper asked as Zach opened the refrigerator. She thinks she knows how to fix it. He lied. She said I need to pick up a few things at the underground and then she'll make us a potion. When? Copper never accompanied Zack to the underground market. It was too risky. A dragon of his particular color and talents would be a prime target for theft. After work tomorrow, Zack pulled out several ingredients for their dinner. I'll swing by there before heading to the quacks. Copper laid down on his bed on the counter and watched his human. He didn't like leaving Zack to fend for himself, but he was also afraid of being snatched. Zack was a massive pain in the ass most days. But Copper's life was comfortable. He had anything he could ever ask for at his immediate disposal. The day Zack had been blinded, Copper got a glimpse of what his life would be like without his human. Zack's parents had put him in a kennel while they dealt with their son's rehab. The kennel had been loud and frightening, but at least he'd gotten a cage to himself, a warm blanket, and canned food specifically formulated for dragons. When Zach's parents forgot to pay the bill, the kennel surrendered Copper to a shelter. That place was horrible. They'd shoved him into a small cage with two other dragons and got mad when he'd killed them after they'd attacked him. His punishment was no food or water for several days. When they did finally feed him, he was forced to eat dog kibble. He stayed in that horrible place for nearly a month before Emily had tracked him down. Zach had been livid with his parents, The entire time he'd been in rehab, he'd thought they were personally taking care of Copper. After the little dragon had told him what he'd gone through, Zack cut his parents off completely. That's what led to the argument with Emily. She'd urged him to accept his mother's apology so he could attend her wedding, and he'd refused. He chose his dragon over his sister. Copper watched intently as Zack seared pork loin in a pan and chopped vegetables most wouldn't know he was blind by the way he moved. The only tell was that his head was constantly tilted, listening to his actions. Zack had worked his ass off to get back onto the police force. He'd been demoted heavily, but Captain Levin couldn't deny that he was more than capable. Even though he held the title of sergeant, he'd been able to maintain the majority of his duties as lieutenant. He was so proficient that the captain hadn't filled the empty position. At least, that's what the man claimed. Copper thought he was scared of pissing Zack off. As his own meal neared readiness, Zack cut six thin slices of salmon, one perfect cube of cheese, and placed two boiled eggs onto a small plate. Copper happily slithered out of his bed as his human set the plate and a small dish of water down for him on the table. Copper's diet was carefully watched. It always had been. Zack was meticulous about the dragon's care, even as a child. He truly loved the zesty creature and strived to give him the best life that he could. Copper sat, patiently waiting for Zack's meal to be ready. He liked eating with his human as an equal. As Zack sat down, he sighed, folded his hands over his plate, and bowed his head in silent prayer. It was a practice Copper had never really understood but didn't criticize. Zack wasn't exactly religious, but he had always prayed over dinner. I'll be fine as long as my eyes don't fail me. Zack smiled. Fuck you. Copper hissed, enjoying the sarcasm. Zack chuckled, his smile fading as his thoughts switched to his sister. Copper, I... I lied to you. What? The dragon stopped mid-chew and searched his human's face. It was sad. Stefani used her magic on me over the phone. Zack stuffed a bite of pork into his mouth, chewing slowly as he struggled to get his next words out. There... There is no potion that can cure Emily. Stefani just wanted me to meet her without you. I told you she was no good. Copper wasn't upset with him. He was proud of him. Zack had been lured into trouble by Stefani at least a dozen times. Don't leave my side tomorrow, Zack begged his dragon. I need to keep that appointment. I've wasted too much of my life as it is. I agree. Copper continued to eat. We'll think of something for Emily. Ask the captain after we get back from the warehouse tomorrow. He might have a more reliable source than a prostitute drug dealer. <laughs> Probably. Zack ate faster now, happy with himself for being able to tell Copper the truth. They finished their dinner, and Zack headed for a shower while Copper settled in with a book. He'd learned to read the same time Zack had due to the fact that the two of them were inseparable as youths. A teacher had once tried to pry the dragon from Zack's grip, and Copper had lit her on fire. He was suspended for the incident. After that, Zack had taught Copper to hide in his backpack. He even snuck Copper into the police academy. All of the cadets enjoyed having the little creature in their barracks. The class composite photo is still ranked as one of the school's most infamous, since it's the only one to feature a graduate's pet. Copper heard the bathroom door open, and he lazily rolled from his hoard flying up to shut off the light before trotting in to join Zach. The little dragon curled up on his pillow, looking over at his human. He was less of a mess tonight, but it was easy to see that he'd cried in the shower. Copper laid his head down and closed his eyes. He wished beyond anything that he could have been there the day Zach had been blinded. Things would be different they'd be happy. This concludes chapter four of The Lure of a Traitor. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope you'll return next week for chapter five. Thank you and have a wonderful day. (laughs)